0: this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chat. Well,
1: Leon Dreisaitl has a new coach uh, again. It's Chris Knobloch, as Jay Woodcroft was let go this morning. Dave Manson, the assistant, also fired. Chris Knobloch's the new head coach. He's been with the Hartford Wolfpack in the American Hockey League. His NHL coaching experience was as an assistant with the Flyers in 1718, and 18-19 uh, pretty successful in junior he won a WHL championship with Kootenai in 2011 won an OHL championship with Erie in 2017 and uh, yes he was Connor McDavid's coach with the Erie Otters we will have the Oilers news conference live at the top of the hour Rob Brown joins me now hey happy Sunday Rob
0: Oh, uh, hey, what's going on? Anything new in the oil world yeah. since we last saw each other?
1: Well, unfortunately, it feels like coaching changes aren't that new, the pace that they happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the stats are, and I know it's not all stats, Woody has the best points percentage of any Oilers coach ever. And I'm going to start with you the same place I started with Bob. And, look, when you start this bad, anybody can get criticized, including the coaching staff. But the shooting percentage is second last in the NHL, and the save percentage is last in the NHL?
0: Well, um, that usually gets coaches fired, those two stats. Actually, one of those stats can get a coach fired, but when you combine the two, it obviously doubles down. And uh, this one's a tough one. I mean, and you and I have been around a while now. We were here when Dave Tippett was fired, and we could tell that it was just a matter of time for Tip. Uh He had lost the room. Uh, the players looked deflated. Uh, they looked defeated. Uh, just their body language, the, the way they talked, it, it was just—it was like a death march. And, De- and Dave Tippett was going to be let go. Uh, this one, we didn't see that. Uh, I thought that the Oilers played hard throughout all this. Didn't always play smart, but played hard. And with the—they weren't getting the saves. The, the, their superstar players somehow both went cold at the same time. But you thought you know what, and I said it right after the San Jose game. I said, despite the loss, I do believe this is a playoff team, and I think they're going to find their way. And so this is, and then you look at Woodcroft's record. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe he's going to get them out of this, and everyone is going to look back at this as just the adversity they went through. But when you have cup or bust is your model before the season starts, and you play in a uh, a hockey frenzy. A world here in Edmonton with uh, with the media and the fans, the expectations uh, I, that maybe that was just too much for them to hope that they could get out of it. But yeah, this is a tough one. I I didn't see the players quitting on Woodcroft. And that's usually what signals a coaching change.
1: Yeah, I, I I hear you, and I and hey, you and I have covered a few of these now, um, and this is. I would say in my mind, this is the one that makes the least sense, though I know the the record is the record. You have to win. Um, but I do think, and I said this to Bob, I wonder your perspective. I, I do think the last six games were better than the first seven. I, and I know the results there weren't there, just two and four in their last six. Um, but they were... They did have the puck a lot. Yes, they still made mistakes, but they, they did have the puck a lot, and there was more offensive thrust as opposed to, you know, three or four of the first six games, they, they, they weren't really a threat to score.
0: Oh, I agree. I think that the, the Oilers were the better team in most of those games. Didn't always get the result. Uh, they weren't done in by a lack of effort. Uh, they were done in by, you know, two or three big mistakes that, that cost them. Um, Yeah, when I woke up this morning and then the the tweet came out that it looked like they were making a coaching change, it was one of those, you know what, I I thought he was going to survive this. So it was a little bit of surprise. Um, And you feel for him because, I mean, the winning percentage dictates that this guy's done a pretty good job here at Edmonton and uh, they just had one little rough patch. Let's see how he gets out of this rough patch. But this is a a market that's got two superstars that are in the – peak of their careers with contracts coming up not too far away Uh, uh, a fan base that uh, is mad for their Oilers Uh, they I think that shortened the leash of any coach and just look over the last five coaches they've had how short their leeches are imagine if this was if this was in Tampa or something along that line maybe there's not a coaching change we saw John Cooper take the best team in the NHL and get swept in the first round keep his job and eventually won a Stanley Cup. I think the the pressure up here is so much more immense that sometimes you have to do things that you might not really want to. So, look, it,
1: it it's kind of the same core of players that have been through several head coaches and, and the ongoing refrain around this team mostly has been prevent goals. Now, goaltending's is a big part of that. Uh, it's obviously not had a great year. I mean, do the do the players have to look in the mirror here? I mean, we and I, look, I know we get calls about trades. Most of these guys have no move clause, first of, first of all, that are in, in the core. And, you know, trades are, are tough to do when there's a lot of money involved. But, I mean, what kind of responsibility here is is on specifically, I guess, the big names, the leadership on this team?
0: Well, there's going to be a lot of guilt in the dressing room. I've played on teams where the coaches have been fired – where I didn't really care for the coach. yet yeah, you felt horrible when he got let go because, I mean, he's a human being with a family. Uh, this is a coach that, from all that I've seen and the way the players have played from, generally like this coach. So there's a, a horrible guilt that you have in that dressing room knowing that this guy, is, is his dream had come true and all of a sudden he's out of work. Uh, every player in that dressing room knows how hard it is to get to the NHL as a player. Well, it's equally as hard to get there as a coach. And his job was cost, uh, not because of the team that was put together. As you said, this is a team that's been it was very good last year. At 109 points, it's more or less the same group. So they all have underachieved. And because they've underachieved, the coaching staff is now out of work. So, yeah, the the guilt will be uh, awful in that dressing room. And that's usually, Reid, why you see that coach's bump. Whenever a new coach comes in, it's not so much the new coach, what he's doing because they really can't implement a lot of systems in the first 24 or 36 hours. Then the bump is from the players having a feeling, a guilty conscience and having to go out there and play a little harder because obviously they weren't playing hard enough before.
1: Yeah. And Chris Knoblock is the uh, new head coach of the team. Uh, again, uh, coached in the, in the dub with Kootenai went to the OHL, Coach Erie, so he was Connor McDavid's coach there. A couple years with the Flyers as an assistant head coach in the AHL um, since uh, the 2019-20 season uh, with the Hartford Wolfpack. A uh, couple uh, uh, 500 or above 500 records that didn't get him into the playoffs. They were eliminated in the second round uh, last year. They're 5-2 and two so far this year. So whatever you go by... Uh, With that, uh, you know, younger coach, he's younger than Woody. He just turned 45 in September. I guess, I mean, we've heard this name for a while. Um, If you would have told me yesterday Chris Knobloch's going to be an NHL coach within a year, I would have said yes, probably. I wouldn't have known it was going to be in Edmonton
0: (laughs) the day (laughs) after.
1: But, I mean, his name has been been out there for a while as kind of still a younger coach on the rise.
0: Well, it's uh, it's funny, when they fired Jay this this morning, the the firing came out before the new coach's name came out, so I'm on my text talking to all my buddies, and they're all trying to guess who the next coach is going to be, and I never put his name down, but after they announced it, I'm like, okay, well, actually, that makes sense, Uh, he's got a history with the agent, he's got a history with their star player, Uh, okay, I understand, and uh, the one thing that uh, I like and I and this is, has nothing to do with Chris Knobloch because I know nothing about him, but what I like is a lot of times teams make coaching change and it's just a recycled coach's been fired four times before in the NHL I like the fact that they went outside the box and they're getting someone with different ideas who's has not been uh, does not have a jaded view he, he's a new coach to the NHL so I like that much um Will he be successful? Will he be better than Jay Woodcroft? Uh, Time will tell. Uh, But uh, this is, I think, an organization that says, okay, we've got, uh, you know, one year until we have decisions whether or not Leon re So this might be our big year to to, to win a Stanley Cup. And we've got to do everything possible. The Oilers, if everyone's healthy, and I've, I've said it all along, they will make the playoffs. But they have not banked enough points to withstand an injury or two to some big names. So maybe that's why they're making this move. They want that new coach bump now with, with Knoblock. It allows them to start putting some wins together just in case there's something that comes down the line where they get stuck with injuries. They can't afford to fall any further behind. So uh, it was, I, I think, Reed, the Knoblock hiring wasn't as surprising to me as when I saw that Paul Coffey was the assistant coach. And I love Paul Coffey. I played with him, uh, had a great time playing with him. I still, when he's in town, I, we talk up in the press box. He makes a point of coming up to the, the booth race right beside me. But I was just shocked that he would want to get back into coaching or get into coaching, uh, having where he's been with the Oilers organization last, you know, few years. So that was the part that really surprised me that Coffey is going to become the assistant coach.
1: Well, yeah, and that might uh, well that will raise a lot of eyebrows as well. I mean, obviously around the NHL and around hockey all his life, but uh, has never actually been an NHL coach, and now uh, and now he steps into a team that, like you said, has a long way to go. Uh, and Rob, we're uh, will the news conference is starting any second, so I may have to cut you off here. We will take it live here on six thirty, Ched. Like you mentioned okay, like the new coach bump and and, and the guilt, if, if a new coach actually makes changes, like how long until they are actually ingrained in the team? You know what I mean?
0: Uh, it'd be quite a while, because as you know, as well as I do, there's not a lot of practices, and the others are in a, a stretch coming up right now where they're starting to finally play every second day. And it's hard getting practice time as well as giving the players the proper rest they need, plus with all the travel. Uh, there won't be wholesale wholesale changes in the way they play. They'll tweak a little bit until they finally get a stretch where they can uh, kind of work on things they need to work on. Rob, I
1: think we're going here.